Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house. Hallelujah. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mind to understand, and feet to carry it out. Glory. Great is his mercy, his understanding, his patience. Hallelujah. Our word this morning, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. Again, the first thing we want to understand is that the Lord doesn't go around cutting off hands and feet. It says for you to cut them off. And it doesn't say better for you to live life, but better it is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled. It means that you're not in life yet unless you have accept Christ and you've walked over that threshold of death into the second life. Amen? Only then that you have entered that. So how precious is it to enter that place? Well, first of all, we want to make it clear it's not just a place it's a love you walk into a place of love you know somebody could love you and you not know how much they love you you know yes I get somebody could lust after you and you wouldn't know how much they're lusting after you one day you know but God's love you know he loved us before we loved him but you enter into that love. And it's not that his love is not around you and it's not that he's not working on your behalf, but you can't see it and you can't understand it because you don't know how much he loves you. Only when you have entered that love do you know how much God loves you. And if he loves you, you know he would do no harm to you. And that everything that he allows to come your way in your life is for a good. Hmm? And the reason we're not in that place yet is not a lack of faith, you know. We have not entered into his presence. Because once we know he is real and how much he loves us, see, that is the faith that we need. The greatest thing that we do with faith is to know how much God loves us. If we know how much God loves us, then we know without a shadow of a doubt, he does not want us to be sick. 
and that he is a healer and he didn't come to make our life miserable and he didn't come to weigh us every day of our lives just so uh, the angels could judge us and condemn us we're, we're not under that constant observation the only reason we're under observation is because he loves you so much but have you entered that place yet? Hmm? Have you entered that place yet? Uh, uh. A couple of verses above that, a couple of verses above that, Jesus said, bring a little child before me. Yes. And he says, you must become like that. And she didn't do anything to deserve that. Yeah. And once we understand that God loves us like that, say hi to everybody. Say hi. Yeah, just say hi. Say hi there. All right. <laughs> mm. See, that's the secret to that, that scripture of him bringing a little child. Once you become like that, uh, he just called you out. You're in his house this morning because he just called you out. He loved you. It's not because of anything good you was doing or anything bad. Uh, he certainly didn't bring you here to give you bad news or to kill you this morning. But he didn't bring you here because you was good either. He brought you here. And he says, you must become like that little child. And then he goes on to say, if anyone causes one of these little ones to fall. Uh, so our scripture, the word cause, it says, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, you know, it would be better for you just to cut that off. Now we're not talking about going around cutting body parts off. Yes, that was a phrase that you can find in a few places in the Bible. It just means there's something more important than your body. There's something more important than your leg. Uh, the beginning of chapter 18 says that they was asking about who is the greatest. And Jesus began to tell them how you become the greatest. You become like this child. And you become the greatest by not causing little ones to stumble. And not being so judgmental and so critical because sometimes religiousness offends people. We think we're saving people. But sometimes we drive people away from God rather than bringing people to God. Sometimes our, our, our mannerisms in proclaiming Christ, we does not make him appealing. We're not salt. We pepper. Mm. We're called to be the salt of the earth, not the pepper of the earth. Uh, and so sometimes that's the way, you know, if you think about cutting your leg off or your arm off, those are your strengths. Down below there it talks about, you know, you're gouging your eye out. What you see, what you think you see, what you think you know. These things that we take so much pride in. But we do all of this just so we can look down on other people. Christianity should not make you less kind. It should make you more kind. Christianity shouldn't make you more fearful. It should make you less fearful. 
It shouldn't make you more proudful. It should make you humble. Uh, it should make you more patient. But sometimes when we become Christians, we become right the opposite. And I believe some of it is because we know Christ, but we don't know him. We know of him, but we don't know him. We haven't entered that love where he loves you just as you are. We try to receive that grace, but we don't want to extend that grace to somebody else. I love you just as you are. Now, if you'll take my hand and follow me, I'll show you the way to enter life. Otherwise, you're just walking around life. Uh, you're bound in fear and obsessions and all these things. You have not entered life. Because once you enter God's love, and that is life. Uh, that is life. Sometimes romantically we say, this is my life, and, and I found life. But that's not life. You just found another dummy like you. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says if the blind leaves the blind so I don't care how much you're in love if it's stupid leading stupid it still has the same result but God's love that is life when you enter into God's love huh? and yes he blesses us with many things in, in life I'm, I'm not talking about that we're not blessed in this life but he is the ultimate thing. And sooner or later, we'll lay down all these other things. Sooner or later, we even lay down these bodies. Huh? Yes. In this interesting scripture, look at it. It says, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled. It says, enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. Well, last time I read my Bible, these feet and these hands are not going to make it in. I'm going to have new feet and new hands. So I can't, I'm not going to get up there. Actually, you, you're thinking it's saying you go into heaven with one leg, but actually you're going to leave that one behind too. Hmm? Which says one or two things. This is just kind of a metaphor. Or it's making the statement that you could enter life in this life. You could enter life in this life. But that means to enter into his love. Huh? Some people want to enter into an anointing. Some people want to enter into a gifting. They want to enter into a wonderful voice. They want to enter into a wonderful ability to preach or a wonderful ability to heal. But the whole objective is to enter into God's love. Once you enter into God's love, you're not lacking nothing. You don't have to choose a gift. They're all yours. You don't have to pick and choose. You don't have to make decisions because it's all yours. Once you enter into his love. Huh? So who's the greatest? The greatest is the one that has entered into God's love. And realize God's love is so splendous. I don't need nothing else. Uh, and you enter that place to the place that I, I, don't need to, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. And you enter a place where you're not so critical with the lost world. Too many times we preach out of fear. Now, 
If that's the way you got saved, all right. If that's what you need is fear to get you into heaven, amen. But sooner or later, you've got to lay that down, that fear down, because the fear of God is to come to know him. Huh? You've got to enter to a place where fear is not there anymore. Huh? Yes? So if your heart is acting uh, or misbehaving in the middle of the night, you don't have to call a friend and talk to them because he's right there with you. See, when you find that love, you're not worried about being the greatest because you know you're with the greatest. Huh? And granted, when you become a Christian, you feel the greatest you've ever felt in your life. But that great feeling that you have should not be a feeling that makes you feel superior to everybody else. Or that you know more than everybody else. Huh? You must learn to, to accept people where they are at. We must learn to quit being so, so critical of the outer appearance of people. And begin to minister more to their heart. Now I don't want to repeat some of the things I said this morning. So that you can go to podcast. And if you're feeling that you need something during the week. You can find this morning's message on podcast. But I, I do want to say this. You know sometimes we look at a person. And we, and we judge the person by their hair. Their clothing. Their tattoos. Uh, by this and by that. That really means nothing you know. Because you're going to leave all that stuff behind. What matters is the heart. Huh? Or you might be around somebody that curses a lot. You see, it's not the curse words that's going to send them to hell. It's, it's the condition of the heart. Amen. The curse words just coming out because they feel inadequate in life and they, they lack uh, maybe education or they feel insecure. So they feel like they have to do that to be somebody. But it's about ministering to the heart. It's about reaching that person. We get so offended by things. Huh? In King James, verse 7 of this, King James says, Woe to the earth because of its offenses. You know, when you got pride and you think you're the greatest, everything offends you. Huh? Yeah? Everything offends you. Huh? You take a week when you didn't mess up much. You come to church and you think you're better than everybody. And everything offends you. What the worshiper was wearing offends you. Everything offends you. Huh? But when you've had one of those weeks when you messed up, you're not so offended anymore, are you? Huh? Mm -hmm. You're not so offended anymore. But when you when you think you when you think you're the greatest and and you're in God's presence because you're so good, everything offends you. Everything about everybody offends you. Yes? Rap music, everything. Rap music, Christmas music, every kind of music. Everything offends you. Uh, rather than learning to just to love people and be that light. Uh, I don't have to make you get saved. But I have the message of salvation. I can still be kind. And I can still speak to you. Yes. Yes. Today's the day of salvation. But there is 24 hours in a day. Can I say that again? Today's the day of salvation. But there is 24 hours in a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. 
We must become the type of witnesses that, that people think, no, 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 no. There's something different about this person. But if we in our Christianity is looking down on everybody else and thinking we're better than everybody else, huh? you forget how you got here. Huh? You forget God's patience on you. Huh? We've become a people, and as Christians, we want to judge everything and condemn everything. How are we going to condemn everything and then still live in this world? Huh? It ain't judgment day yet. Yes? So, so put the machete, put the cutlass back. <laughs> this is not judgment day. Huh? The Bible says we shall judge the world, but when it says we, it's talking about those people who enter God's love. My Bible says Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit and he says, you know, you know, who you forgive is forgiven. Uh, you have a power to forgive people. Hmm? You have a power to heal people. You have a power to overlook their weaknesses. But if you can't accept them, how can you overlook their weaknesses? Uh, yes. This is a tormenting world, you know. You know, we fall short and we do all kinds of stupid things try to make up for our shortcomings. Yes, we do all kinds of things to try to try to shield ourselves and cover ourselves and, and we do all kinds of things to hide our fears and our worries. Huh? Yes? And, and our breath, it kind of stinks, you know, because it, that, that tone in which you speak in, yes, that tone that you speak in could remove paint off the wall. But that tone is there because you have not really met the man that you claim to know. When you have entered life, when you have entered Jesus, and you're in that love, that love won't let you be nobody else. That love won't let you be who you used to be. That love won't let you talk the way you used to talk. Uh, yes? Now you may still have the old body. You might still have all the tattoos. You might still have all of those things. And that's why we don't judge by those things. Those things can be cut off. You, you may still have some, some old ways about you. But inside, your inside is met with Jesus. Hmm. What's wrong with this world? Hmm. The error in this world is too much of our exterior met Christ and not our interior. Because when you've met the love of Jesus, you, you just can't be mad no more. When you've met the love of Jesus, you, you know, you know to live is to forgive. When you've met the love of Jesus, you know to quit your quarreling and your, and your gossiping about people. When you've met the love of Jesus, you just don't act like that no more. Uh, and when you've met the love of Jesus, you know how to witness to other people. And then when you've met the love of Jesus, then you're not so troubled. Okay, all right, you don't want to listen, all right. I'll teach you this lesson tomorrow. But the truth is, I taught it to you today, and you're not going to forget it. 
See, if I witness to you and you don't receive it and I get angry with you, nothing ever is going to happen. All they're going to remember is your anger. But if I witness to you and you say, no, 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 no. And I say, all right. Just give you a little smile. You're going to remember that little smile the rest of your life until the day you realize that what I said was truth. Huh? That's the way we're to witness. Huh? Yes. Too many Christians, you know, they're just, they're just, they're rough. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're, they're no, there's no change, you know. Huh? That's not, that's not, that's not to Jesus. And most of you in here know Jesus, and you know what I'm telling you is true. Yes. When you enter into that love, that's life. You're not afraid anymore. That's life. You're not afraid somebody's going to beat you up. You're not afraid somebody's going to steal from you. Yes? The Lord tells you when to put your wallet up. The Lord tells you who to trust, who not to trust. But you don't, you don't, you don't judge them because you too have stolen in your life. You too have done these things in your life. Huh? And, that, and that's why it says Jesus was made perfect by what he suffered or what he experienced. Because he, he understands those temptations. He didn't give in to them. We did give in to them. We, we, we know how people are. I don't know why when we get saved we forget how we used to be, you know. Huh? It's like, it's like, okay, I, I got to compensate for all the things I used to do by beating people to get saved. No. Listen, you cannot experience the love of Jesus and not get saved. Yes. Now, you may, you may have a, an experience outwardly with Christ. You may know him that way, but if you know him in your heart, if you've entered that love... And if you have entered that love right now, right now, right now, inside of you, something is happening. Hmm? Right now, inside of you. Because huh? it's confirmation that what I am saying is true. And if you have not entered that love, but you just entered religion, right now, there's a sweetness around you. There's something telling you, I want to know that Jesus. I want to know that love. I want to know that. I want to know that power. Huh? We're power hungry in the church. We want to lay hands on the sick and them get well. Why do we want to do that? So we can be the greatest. Hmm? We want to prophesy like nobody else. Why? Because so we can be the greatest. Huh? But when you have that love of Christ in you, Oh, Lord, you're going to heal and you're going to prophesy, but it's not because you're the greatest. It's because somebody else is the greatest. See, when you think you're the greatest, you're fighting with the greatness that's inside of you. When you think you're great, you're fighting with the greatness. When you accepted Christ, you're fighting with that greatness that's inside of you. When you think you're smart, you're fighting with the wisdom of God that's inside you. That's, that's why he says you must become like a little child. Huh? 
Because this, this old you says, nah, I'm not smart anymore. I'm not the greatest anymore. He is. Huh? You, can, you can always tell people who are in the wisdom of Christ. See, if I asked you a question and quickly you give me an answer, that was not God. You didn't give time for God to speak. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? When you just want to know truth, Lord, I want to know truth, then you're giving God time to speak in your life and you're giving discernment and then you know how to handle situations. Huh? Too many Christians lose their glow and their light because they over-respond to sin that's around them. Even with their children, their spouses, at the workplace, in the maxi, you're too quick to respond. Uh, yes. You're an unsaved person with the gospel. Uh, so, so you're too quick to cut people. And we're slow to use the wisdom of God to reach people. The greatest curse in this life is to think you're somebody. And all of us are like grass. We're fading. We're fading. No matter how pretty you are today, tomorrow's going to take more makeup. And no matter how smart you think you are today, Tomorrow you'll be just as smart. It just takes you longer to find it. Mm. Everything moves a little slow because you're fading away. But that that belongs to Christ does not fade away. It does not fade away. Mm. We need more mothers and fathers of the gospel. We need individuals that, that is not shaken by the sin of the world. But says God loves you why don't you quit acting like that or more importantly God loves you I'm seeing through all the makeup I'm seeing through all the style I'm seeing through all the attitude I'm seeing through the the nasty tones I see through all of that I see somebody that's scared I'm not scared yes you are sees through all the anger I'm not angry here though there's no breath mints that can take away the tone of anger some of you you, you, you have a tone of anger yes you may have some certificate from some Bible school. You may have a baptism certificate, but your tone has anger in it. Your tone has fear and worry in it. Your tone has nervousness in it. It does not have to be. When you enter Christ, he changes your tone. Because he is the rock. Hmm? He changes your tone. When's the last time? You know, you're, you're always checking your breath, you know, especially when you're young, you're checking your breath, or when you're trying to act young, you're always checking your breath. But when's the last time you checked your tone? Hmm? 
Hmm? You know when all the treads on your tar tires are almost smooth, you know, when you're talking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, if you have a car, you know, you got tires and the treads, they get, at, at some point, there ain't no treads on. You know, you know when you're talking and, and that roughness begins to happen in your tone. And sometimes it just kind of takes over. And then you start to say, well, this is who I am. This is who I am. I just tell it like it is. Hello. You're an old record that has never been replaced. Uh, it's that tone. I, I, want, I want you to start checking your tone. Uh, you know, sometimes you say, well, I didn't say nothing wrong. Yeah, but your tone cracked the ceiling. Uh, uh, and sometimes you talk like that to your spouse and your children. Ain't no grace in your tone. You do know what I'm talking about this morning. Some of you look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Ain't no grace in your tone. Huh? Yes. It's, it's like sometimes, it's sometimes, you know, the husband or wife say, I love you. <laughs> I've heard you confess the love for, for KFC with a better tone than that, you know. Uh, oh, I love KFC. But I love you, you know. <laughs> so you got salvation on the outer, but, but the, 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 the musicians of your inner being... The orchestra of your inner being, you know, it's, it's off key. We must fine tune those, those tones. Yes? And we know that we have, this, we have this life and we have this light in a vessel of clay. But, you know, sometimes you need to brush your teeth, you know. Sometimes you need to have the countenance that, that would reflect Jesus' love. Because you know sometimes we, we slip out of Jesus' love. So not only is our tone strange, but our countenance is, is, is like, uh, you know. Uh, some sitters don't know if they met the Lord or the devil. Hmm? Hmm? Or if they met death themselves. Uh, you, you're sitting in a taxi with somebody and you see somebody over here that looks like they need to be ministered to, and you go, the Lord said. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? You know why? Because we're worried we ain't doing enough. Huh? And we're worried we're not ministering to people enough. And sometimes we're hesitant to minister to people because we're scared of people. You shouldn't be scared of people. But they may, they may reject me. Well, they rejected Christ. You shouldn't talk to somebody because that they will accept you or reject you. That shouldn't be the reason. You should do it because you know they need help. And if you just keep your tone, 
and your countenance, they're going to remember your words. Huh? They might reject you at the moment, but all night long, that's just going to keep playing in their minds and in their hearts. Yes. Yes. Huh? Hmm? See, you, you could try that with your husband, too. Your man acting up, say, honey, I love you. And don't say it with sarcasm, you know. You got to have that right tone. Honey, I love you. That just, I'll just eat at him all night long. Huh? See, niceness is a killer. Kindness is a killer. Uh, you can't figure out, why is this person so nice to me? Why, why, are, they so, why are they so good to me? Huh? And you find somebody that just lives a rough life and a wild life, and here you are, they know you're a Christian, and, and you just start talking to them. Huh? See, that's, that's like when, that's like when uh, the disciples came and saw Jesus talking to the uh, uh, Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman herself says, How come you're talking to me? Jews don't talk to me. Christians don't talk to me. Huh? And Jesus says, Jesus said, I want you to draw me some water. What's, what's wrong with this Jew? <laughs> what's wrong with this Christian? They're talking to me. They're talking to me. Huh? And disciples didn't even understand it. Huh? Why is this Christian talking to me? And why are they talking nice to me? Let the love of God witness. Not your fear of being a good Christian. Did you hear that? Let the love of God witness. Not your fear of being a good Christian. Not your fear of being rejected. Not your fear that they're going to drag you out and crucify you. Huh? But let your love of Jesus be the witness. Huh? Let's shock some sinners. Let's shock some people that's, just, that's caught up in all the stupidness of this world. You talking to me? You talking nice to me? I cursing in front of you and you still talking nice. Huh? I'm saying I don't believe in God. Huh? And you ain't pulled out your rosary. You ain't pulled out no olive oil. You ain't started rebuking devils yet. Uh, why? This world will test you to see if you're real. The sad part is most of us fail that test of being real. Hmm? Hmm. The Bible says we don't fight as the world fights. The world fights with tone and attitude and all these things. That's not the way we fight. We fight with that love that, that we've entered into his presence. Huh? And yes, people will, get, will be, they'll persecute you sometimes, but you're going to win them over. You're going to win them over. Mm. Because that niceness, they don't know what to do with that niceness. They don't know what to do with all that love, all that kindness. You remember when Jesus was sitting at the table and all the uh, 
you know, the great Pharisees was there and they said, if this man knew who was touching him. If this man knew who was touching him. What kind of prophet is he? If he knew who was touching him. If he knew who that was. Are we so afraid to let sinners touch us? Huh? We get in the maxi. First thing we do is we go and buy some olive oil. We wash our clothes. We wash our skin. Uh, the Bible says greater is he. Greater is he who? Greater is the love of Jesus in you than the hate that's in the world. Huh? See, the reason when the reason the reason we buy so much olive oil is because we not have not entered life. That's why we buy so much olive oil. Well, some of us. We put olive oil on everything. Huh? We covering everything with our prayers. We just covering this and covering. See, a lot of that stuff is just plain old fear. There's nothing wrong with that, but some of it's just plain old fear. Hmm? Our body has entered religion, but our heart has not entered Christ's love. Once you enter Christ's love, uh, yes. See, I, I know I'm covered if I miss a prayer or two. Do you know you're covered if you miss a prayer or two? Uh, some of you didn't pray this morning or something. You say, this happened because I didn't pray. That's what the devil wants you to think. The devil wants you to be back under law. You got to pray for everything. And you got to be careful what you ask for. Where in the Bible does it say, be careful what you ask for? The Bible says, if you asked for a fish, he will not give you a scorpion. God's going to filter all your stupidness. And he's going to filter all your absence of mind. Oh, I forgot to pray. I forgot to pray. Uh, you know, it's just like praying over a meal. It's wonderful to pray over a meal. But if you forget, you, you, you shouldn't have to do repentance for 21 days. Yeah. Hello. You already blessed. He put food on your table. Thank you, Lord. See, when you enter life, when you enter life, and to enter life, what is the greatest life you can enter? The greatest life you can enter is a life where you will never die. Wow. Where, oh, death is your sting. Where, oh, death is your victory. Does that mean that we won't die in this life? It does not mean that. But that means the Lord is going to hold your hand. You, you, you're just not even going to experience because you was walking with him here and you're still walking with him. Uh, to enter life is to enter a place where death does not exist. Enter a place where sickness does not exist. Uh, yes. And some of you that's getting, getting older, you always expecting some kind of sickness or something to come in the mail. Huh? You expecting to get up and lose your mind. You expecting to have Alzheimer's or dementia. You always expecting this. But 
because you have not yet entered life. You have not yet entered that love. Once you enter that love, there's no sickness, there's no death. Huh? You see, when we read the book of Revelation and, and it says that the old order of things is done away with and the new order has come, there's no more sickness, there's no, no more death, there's no more mourning. See, we think that is a place. We think that is a physical place, right, where, where, where death doesn't happen and a physical place where sickness doesn't happen. We, we see it from a physical perspective. And we think we're, we're just going to get there and it's not going to happen. Uh, see, in the garden there was no death, but there was sorrow. And if you just enter that place, you can still feel hopeless because things don't always work out the way you want. But the place it's talking about is entering into Christ. And I'm not saying there's not an afterlife. By all means it is. But in this life, you can enter into that new order. That new order is that new way of thinking. Lord, you are with me. Through all things, you are with me. And whatever I'm going through, Lord, it's going to work out for the good. I know that you're going to be with me all the way. That you enter into that place, and that place is Christ. We're too lustful in the church. We're too lustful in the church. We want anointings to prove that we are loved by God. We want a singing voice to prove that we are loved by God. We want a preaching ability to prove that we are loved by God. We want a Mercedes outside to prove that we are loved by God. We want a Lexus outside that proves that we are loved by God. We want a good job. We want money to prove that we are loved by God. We want a husband. We want a wife to prove that we are loved by God. We want little children with making good grades that proves that we are loved by God. None of that stuff don't prove that you're loved by God. Sometimes the absence of all that stuff is when you find that love that is proved by God. That he proves of you. Not because you're a greatness. Not because you're better than anybody else. He proves of you because you're a little child. But when he approves of you, great things begin to come out of you. Not that you can lord it over other people, but great things just begin to, to develop around you and great things are left in your pathway. Amen. See, the greatness of the man of God is not when he's present. The greatness of the man of God is when he's left and what's left behind. I'm not talking about dying. I'm talking about the greatness of the man of God is not his suit. The greatness of a man of God is not how he may make you feel with his words, but it's when his words come to pass after he's gone, he's moved on. Then you know that God has been with you. And then you know it was not a man speaking to you, but it was God speaking to you. Huh? Yes. But see, we want to find all of these things that prove we are loved by God. Huh? You get a pimple on your forehead. You're not loved by God. What a strong salvation you have. <laughs> huh? Why? You ain't got no man. So you think God ain't got no place for you. Huh? It's better to have all them things cut off and to enter life. 
But I assure you, God is not the one that's keeping those things from happening in your life. Other things are at work in this world that robs you of those things. But it's not God. In fact, the Lord says, seek me. Seek my love. When it says seek his kingdom and his righteousness, that doesn't mean seek a, a, a scholarly degree on the Bible so you can quote half the scriptures in the Bible. When it says seek his kingdom, it's not talking about a place where there's, there's, there's crystal gold, where it's clear as crystal. It's not talking about that. When it's talking about his kingdom, it's talking about him. God is the kingdom. And he dwells with us and he dwells in us. And more importantly, we dwell within him. It's entering that place. Huh? All the degrees and all the monies and all the houses is not going to do it. Now, I have no problem prophesying those things and I'll speak those things to you. You want a better job? I'll speak those things to you. You need a change? I'll speak those things to you. Why? Because in God's love, he cares about you. That's the things he wants to do. But that's not the proof that he loves you. The proof that he loves you, you will never find. Until you're forsaken mother, father, sister, and brother. Until you're forsaken the world. And you dare to believe in him. Nobody else can't lead you there. I can't lead you there. I can take you to the door. I could give you a push. But you're the one who's got to fall into his presence. Uh, you're the one who has to believe it. Uh, and then there's those of us, we want to prove God's love. So we want to prove God's love not by what God has given us, because we've got the givers and the takers. The givers want to sit, God, give me this. Give me a family. Give me children. I'm talking to somebody right now. You think that, that, that God is not with you. You think God is not your provider because he has not given you uh, uh, a romantic partner, and he's not giving you children. So you feel like, like, you know, God is not with you. He's with other people more. So sometimes what we do is we try to work at it. So we try to prove that we are worthy. And because I did this and I did this and I did this. And that's sometimes why we can't even receive the gift of God. Because we want to prove it so we can say that we have earned it. But this child didn't do anything. The only thing this child did was sit at the right place at the right time and she's not here no more. A moment in time. But God knows where you're sitting. Uh, by all your work hmm? by all your giving uh, whether you give to this house don't give to this house it don't matter if it's not in love it don't matter it proves nothing you can't buy your way into heaven and you can't sit and just think you're the great, greatest and God's just going to give you that no you got to believe it and it's not that you haven't heard it preached although I would say sometimes that as ministers we do a lousy job of portraying the gospel because you've got to enter that love you're not born into that love you've fallen short of it your parents conceived you they was falling short of it huh? we enter that love and it's by his calling. He calls us into that love. Mm 
And when you enter that love, I thank God you have nice clothes. But if you ain't got no nice tone, I don't know what those clothes gonna do. Uh, I could tell you just to be quiet, but your countenance alone is scaring me. <laughs> yes. Sometimes them lipsticks, we need to put it in the shape of a smile, even if our lips don't bend that way. Uh. Hmm. Entering into that place. It's, it's entering into that love. And in that love, you know you're no better than nobody else. You just want to see people get it. I want to see you get it. I want to see you get God's love. I want to see you get God's love. One of the reasons why I love the prophetic is because sometimes we just not convinced that God loves us. And so if I can speak something into your life, something that you didn't know that anybody knew, but I can tell you something about your life or something that happened, or if I can prophesy this is going to come to pass, this is going to happen with this, what I'm looking for is not the greatness of my name. I'm looking for that moment when you think, whoa, God is real. Because once you see him, you can't unsee him. Once you see him, you can't unsee him. You can try to deny him. You can try to reject him, but you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Just like an ugly countenance, you can't un unsee that. Yes. So I'm asking some of you to lie this week. Uh-huh. You know, you know, sometimes it's like riding a bicycle. You ain't rode a bicycle in so long. Bring out your best home. It might be scratchy at first. You might cough a little bit. You might even sneeze. <laughs> Bring it out. Or more importantly, just enter back into that presence. Sometimes you need to wipe away all the religion and just start over. You don't need a breakthrough. You need to enter and to start over again in God's love. Uh, see, God loves you so much you can start over again anytime. Anytime you can just start over. Say, Lord, let me start this again. Because that's his forgiveness. Uh, like that little child. That little monster wouldn't even hug me this morning. Mm -mm. We had a fight this morning. I have grapes. Give me a hug. Truth, you know. But I forgive her. And I overlook that. Because I know who her parents are. So. <laughs> There's mercy. <laughs> God knows who your parents are. There's mercy. <laughs> so I, I pick her up and I said, all right, we're going to try this. I said, wave at the people. And I think this time she's going to be rebellious. <laughs> See, 
Why does Jesus use a little child? Because we're all children. We're not children of God. Some of us are children of somebody else, but <laughs> we're children of somebody else until we realize who our father really is. See, some of you don't know who your father is. You think your father is so-and-so. You think that's who you are. You think you belong to that, but you don't belong to that. You belong to him. Yes, you belong to him. You belong to that love. Huh? And I know sometimes it's scary. It's so easy to get back off in, into your fears. To get off into your fears is to get off into your flesh. It's so easy to think, to think God is not with you. Hmm? It's so easy to think that God is always giving you a hard time. Yes. You have a husband and boyfriend. Do you have a husband or a boyfriend? You have a boyfriend. Is he a good boyfriend? Huh? Yeah. yeah. On a scale of one to ten. Is he listening? Yeah, he's listening. He's listening, all right. <laughs> Just, yeah. On one hand, give me one. Th no. Um, <laughs> so, th th there's, some, there's some things about that, that man, right? There's some things about that man that you would kind of like changed. Maybe just, there's some things there that's not you would like a little different. Is that true? That's true. And um, you've even prayed about some of those things. Is that true? Yeah. That's true? Yeah. You're getting scared now? Or? No. no. <laughs> All right. So you've even prayed about some of those things in the Lord. You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm expecting better, you know, uh, you know what the alabaster jar is? Do you know that? You know that word, don't you? How you, how you know that word? I heard it. You heard it. All right. This, this is not a Bible quiz this morning. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know. Um, it, it's not that, but it's, it's about, uh, it's about th this, this person that broke the alabaster jar of... of uh, perfume and put it on Jesus' feet. Hmm. And so you've had some thoughts with God about your relationship and just just like you're missing something. You're missing the fragrance. That life could go sweeter and nicer. Is that true? Okay. You agree with that? I agree. Yes? Okay. Alright, you don't have to agree with me. That's okay. But um, see, the Lord is smiling all around you. Hmm. You know, this is the awesome thing about God. The awesome thing about God is um, He don't strive much in perfection. Some people don't know that. Holiness does not mean perfection. Holiness means you have a pure outlook. See, you can mess up and repent and that makes you holy. Sometimes repenting is the evidence of it because some holy people don't want to repent. That's when you're not holy. Right? So, so you, you must understand with God that, you know, it, 
it's, it's like roses. They have thorns on it. Who would ever put thorns on a rose? And there's probably a message there because more roses show up at a wedding than anywhere else. This beautiful flower and thorns. See, that's a, that's a sign right there. Yeah. From Valentine's Day onward, that's a sign that this beautiful thing might have some thorns. Right? But see, what, what makes us genuine is how we deal with the imperfections in our life. I want you to start smiling at the imperfections in life and quit making the imperfections such a big deal and, and, and make the, see the beauty in everything. Uh, what is that you got on there? That's almost a rose you got on there. Huh? Hello. Now I see. See, see that's a sign. That's a sign. Because um, I'm, not, I'm not exposing. I'm just exposing you. I'm just talking. Uh, sometimes, you know, things are almost good, but we see the things that are not. And it keeps us from enjoying the beauty of it. But what makes you a beautiful person is when you see all the silliness and you, you don't count that against somebody. So th this boyfriend, is he, is he a good man? Yeah. Huh? He loves God? Yeah. He loves God? Oh. You gonna bring him more. church sometime? I would like to, You gonna yeah. bring him church? All yeah. right. All right. Is, is he watching? No. You know, he's not watching? All right. Uh, so, there's some little things that he does that aggravate you. Is that true? Uh, can I get a witness? You can get a witness? All right. All right, you got a witness there. Listen, what makes you a beautiful person is overlooking those things in other people. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if, if he runs off every weekend and don't come home for two or three days, I ain't talking about overlooking some things. Some things you just say, all right, that's the way this is and this, this ain't right. But there's things, what makes you a beautiful person is not how you treat beautiful things. What makes you a beautiful person is how you treat the imperfect things in your life. What makes you a good parent is how you, how you treat your children that are not perfect. Oh, oh that, that's what makes you a beautiful person. What makes you a beautiful person is when you mess up and you can still live with yourself. What makes you a beautiful person, what makes you holy is when you can do stupidness and you can own your stupidness and not beat up on yourself and not shy away but say hey I messed up what makes you more of a beautiful person is when you can see people around you that are not perfect people that have little attitudes and, and, and people that have morning sickness and, and they're not pregnant nor a woman they just got morning sickness you know <laughs> I had a brother you couldn't talk to him till after lunch you just did not want to talk to him unless you felt like wrestling. Because it's just, uh, that's what makes you a beautiful person. See, that's why there's so much imperfection in this world, because the imperfection can make us beautiful. Uh, that's why the devil is still in this world, because his attitudes and the things that he does can still make us beautiful. Huh? Yes. 
See, I can talk. I can talk holy all the time, and until you see me acting holy in an in unholy situation, only then you will know whether or not if there's any holiness in me. And any woman can smile at her boyfriend or her husband as long as he's doing everything right. But can you still be a beautiful woman when he's not doing things according to your law? Or even if the person messes up, can you still be a beautiful person? And even if they don't say they're sorry, can you still continue to be a beautiful person? Our beauty is not... Is not by what we have is not walking around in a palace. Our beauty shows up when we handle the imperfection of this world. What makes you a pastor? You know, and I don't claim to be a pastor. I'm a prophet. What makes you a pastor? What makes you an evangelist is somebody that can handle people's weaknesses. Not somebody that can, that can um, you know, handle the ministration aspects of the tithes. What makes you awesome is how you handle the imperfections in life. Uh, yes. And what makes you, what is, what is that woman they always have in, uh, in, uh, when they have women's meeting? A virtual woman? Is it, uh, virtuous woman. I've seen a lot of virtuous, virtuous women. Boy, they, they lose it sometimes. Virtue's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you beautiful is dealing with that now in any relationships we have to weigh whether or not if this is the person for us but you do that through God's love right you are too beautiful of a person to lose it on little things that don't add up yes you go to school or something not anymore not anymore yeah you thinking about going back? Uh, I have a degree already. You have a degree, so you're not thinking about going back. Oh. You're making too many faces. What's all them faces about? I just asked you a question. I don't know if you're going to school, not going to school. I ain't never seen so many faces. <laughs> Who are you fighting with? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. You afraid I'm going to tell you to go back to school? So, school? Yes. Oh. Oh, depends. It depends. Uh-huh. School used to aggravate you a lot. Is that true? Yes. Why is the Lord picking on you today? I don't know. You don't know? Listen, did you see me pick this child up here? Uh, it just happened to be a child that's present. You just happen to be a child that's present. That's why God is talking to you. Uh, but in school... Oh, Lord. I'm going to tell you a typical day in school. In school, you're trying to get every answer right. And sometimes the teachers, you don't think they know what they're talking about. Uh, There's a fight day and night between your perfection and their perfection. And that's, the way, that's why you fought against that. Uh. Uh, that's true. Good, get an amen here, see? Uh, this your daughter? That's your daughter. Huh. My condolences and sentiments. <laughs> uh, but I wonder where she got that from. No, uh, uh, 
listen, you don't always have to have the best grade to be the best. Everything don't have to be perfect. Ah. See, you have all this love to give in life. And this is word for anybody else. It just happened to be, this is the child I picked up this today. Yes. Where's your daddy? He's home. He's home. Mm. Your daddy ever pick you up? I don't know. You don't, you don't remember? No. He never picked you up and held you or do anything like that? Mm-mm. Daddy didn't do that? No. All right. But he's a good daddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is another daddy talking to you, right? Listen, you have too much love to give. But everything's not perfect in life. See beyond that. That'd make you a beautiful person. You believe that? See beyond that. There's so many good things in your life and so many good things that want to come. But they, they don't always come just the way we want it to come. Yes. Huh? See, that's the thing with marriage. Ain't nobody perfect in no marriage. It's this fantasy to think there, there is. What makes it a beautiful marriage is how much you can forgive each other. Not how much you can love each other. It's how much you can forgive each other. That's what makes a marriage. How much you can forgive. How much you can keep overlooking and still care for this person. That's what makes you a good Christian. How much you can keep overlooking. Huh? Yes. That's what makes you a good employee. Them bosses you got. Hmm? Yes. Some of them kind of... You got some strange bosses. Um, <laughs> uh, and you just have to realize... People are strange, you know. But I'm probably strange to somebody. You're strange to somebody. Yes. What makes us good is how we overlook those things. You let your boss offend you, you ain't gonna get no raise for Christmas. Even if you don't talk back, you just keep smiling. Yes, if they want you to drive around in circles, you just drive around in circles. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? All right. So at least I ain't cost you nothing for Christmas, you know. Don't, don't let me prophesy your children. I get in your pocketbook, you know. They people say they, they, they wanting some things for Christmas. They already been talking to Sandy. No Lord, no Lord. Yeah, they skipped Sandy and went. To, they, they skipped Sandy and went straight to Jesus, especially that one right there. She says Jesus works for me, you know. Huh? When, when Daddy don't give me what I want, all I gotta do is start talking to Jesus. <laughs> That's what makes you beautiful. Huh? That's what makes you awesome. Huh? It's how much you're willing to forgive. That's, that's just what makes you an awesome person. You don't, you don't worry about all those little details. You, you let things slide for the glory of God. And for the sanctity of your own mind, you know. Some of us borderline crazy because we want everything perfect in our life. What is perfect in this life? Go to a forest. You ever see the trees in a row? If the trees are in a row, man planted them. Man thinks he's better than God. Hmm? 
I've been to some forests where all the trees have been planted by man. They're in a row. In a row this way, in a row that way. Ugliest forest I've ever been in. But when I walk into that forest and them trees all over the place, you've got this fat tree over here and this skinny tree over here and this stubby tree over here. That's God. Uh, that's God's beauty. Uh, and you got these rocks over here and you you got a hole over here. That, that's God. Uh, see, that, that, that's the whole key to holiness. Holiness is not how much you can smile in church, but how much church is a part of your life. Yes. Who do you need to forgive? Who have you been, been putting pressure on? Maybe you've been putting pressure on yourself. Huh? Beat up on yourself. Huh? You're Satan's best right-hand man. You just beat up on yourself. What you beating up on yourself for? Huh? If you think you did wrong, repent. If you think you fall short again, say, Lord, I did it again. Huh? Don't make God hard. God is not hard. Yes. And don't you dare think God is picking on you. God didn't come down here to pick on you. He come down here to bless you. We're just not good at listening. God didn't come to make your life rough. Sometimes we say, but Lord, I'm doing everything right. Hey, God's blessing don't come by you doing everything right. God's blessing comes by you thinking that only He is right. Yes, the Lord is not making your life rough. It's the world we live in, and it's our reaction to the world that we live in. It's years, and it's, it's months of attitudes and tones that, that, that causes all of this terrible karma around our life, and it causes all these things to happen. But God has come, not only to get you into heaven, but to lead you in a peaceful, joyful, prosperous life here with thorns on it the Bible says that you will get 30 60 100 times as much and with it persecution when you get blessed people don't like you there's always going to be those things but do you let those things unsettle you now you got to cut them things off you want everything to be perfect See, some of you, some of you, you know, you, you look in the mirror and you want to cut things off. That's not what this scripture talking about, you know. Some of you want to cut it off. You don't like your head. You don't like your nose. You want to cut it off. That ain't what it's talking about. Because your cutting has to do with you being the best. It doesn't have to do with God being the best. If the love of God is in you, you can't look in the mirror and call yourself ugly. Yeah. And if the love of God is in you, you can't look in the mirror and because of one pimple, you curse your whole day. Huh? And you must know if, if people don't like it, hello, it's an imperfect world. They're blind. They can't see beauty when it's standing in front of them. Hmm? So come out of the condemnation. Come out of the hopelessness. God has a life for you. But it's, it's not perfect, you know. It's going to have these things. But that's what makes you holy. That's what makes you a wonderful person. You know the people you like to hang out with? It's people that don't have problems. 
You like to hang out with people that, that, that is, that's not always worried about every little thing. Huh? True. What makes you perfect is not the good you do. What makes you perfect is how you handle the bad. What makes you perfect is not the good that's in you or around you. What makes you perfect, what makes you holy is how you handle all the little thorns that's around here. Huh? See, you, you love those roses with thorns. But guess what? If you learn, you can hold a rose. You just learn not to squeeze it too tight. And you learn to hold it in the right place. In fact, the thorn is what tells you to respect the beauty. And sometimes the thorns in relationship is what tells you to respect, respect the beauty of the relationship. That relationship is not just for you. And it's not just for the two of you, it's for the glory of God. Huh? So things in life, these little thorns are just reminders that there's a more beautiful place, but the greatest reminder is, are you holy? How you handle these things? Hmm? How, you, how you handle the, the insults or the accusations against you or how you handle things not working the way you wanted it to work? Just this weekend, just this weekend, I guess I'm talking about Saturday, Sunday, just this weekend, uh, somebody, you had a plan this weekend, and it just did not work. Uh, I hear as if though it rained on your plan. Did it rain yesterday? I can't remember. It, it rained a lot yesterday. It did? All right. Who, who is that? You, you, you had a plan yesterday, and it got rained out. Who is that? You had a plan yesterday. You got rained out. you just the child God wants to talk to you. Who had a plan yesterday? And that plan didn't work out. It just, huh? You're going to go sunbathing or something, and it's just clouds all day. That's not what it is, but I'm just saying it just it didn't work out. Quickly, who is that? I know I am not talking into thin air. The Lord said there's somebody here. You had a plan yesterday. Said just this weekend. I don't think it was last weekend. I think it was this weekend. That's you. Yes, go ahead. What was your plan yesterday? All right. What was your plan? Uh, yesterday we wanted to take the kids to the mall just to kind of kick in the Christmas spirit, and I wasn't feeling so well, so we we just kind of ended up putting it off until nighttime got there. At nighttime, <laughs> and so you didn't get to go. No, we didn't go. All right, didn't get to go. Now, in this train, you you kind of wanted a word this morning. But then you was kind of like, <gasps> is that true? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You see, I think, I think Christmas is a beautiful thing. I don't think it's of the devil, you know. I think, I think it's a beautiful, anything that inspires love, and we can say it is because of Jesus that we have this joy, it's a good thing. Yes. But sometimes our, our plan, sometimes Christmas is, that, I mean, that's the outward thing, but sometimes Christmas is the inward thing, is that part of family. So if one is not feeling good, all's not feeling good. So we figure out how to have Christmas in that environment. 
Yes? So, and then we must always realize that God has a timing that we don't have. Hmm? So you could have stayed home and had some hot chocolate. Ah, what did you do? Uh, I had some sorrow and I actually had a meeting yet last night. Oh, you had a meeting? Yeah. But what did you do during the day when you was planning to go uh, and it didn't happen? Just rested. I'm not going to ask you why it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, we just, we just rested. It just rested. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you why you didn't go. <laughs> okay? I'm not going to ask you why you didn't go. Um, You know, there's this thing about plans that you always have to watch out. Sometimes you've got these plans, and the devil hears that plan. Mm. And he's going to try to mess that plan up. But sometimes our plans are not God's plans. Mm. See, there's something the Lord wants to say to you. Mm. And I'm just waiting for all the words. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. God, God loves you very much, you know. But, but you, can, you can relate to this young lady back here, right? Everything yeah. been perfect. Yes, the Lord says, y'all sisters. <laughs> <laughs> different mother, different father, but y'all sisters. You, you can relate to that. And you know, sometimes there's something about your body I gonna break a curse in your body. There's something about your body that has this tendency to get sick when things are not just right. You believe that? Yeah. You, 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 you're not faking it, and you, you don't do it. But if things are not right, you have this tendency to get sick and to get hurt. Because right now, a lot of hurt is coming out of you. Yes, yes. You, you, you got over your sickness, right? A little bit. Uh, it's going to take a couple moments. Huh? It'll take a couple moments. Take a couple moments? Yeah. What do you mean take a couple moments? Uh, pregnant. You're pregnant? Yeah. Okay. Are we, are we whispering that or are we saying that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> everybody right. knows, yeah. Right. I think everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows now, yes. Uh, all right. That's a good thing. Even if we don't know how we're going to pay for it, that's a good thing. That's always a good thing. Uh, does she know yet? Yeah. Yes? What you want, a brother or a sister? I don't know which one I want, but I wrote that she wants a brother, but then she said that she wants a girl, but I think now she wants a brother. Uh huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So is that where some of the sickness is? I don't know. I, it's going to take a, a two months again before a, I know. A two months again? Yeah. Why is it going to take a two months again? That's when the next scheduled appointments are. Oh, about the sickness? This is the angle? Uh, I don't know. I just, I get a lot of headaches. You get a lot of headaches because yeah. of the pregnancy? Um, possibly. The doctor said he's not concerned about it. He's not concerned about it. Yeah. Because he ain't got no headache. <laughs> All right. All right. Let, let me back up a little bit. There, there's, a, there's, a thing, there's, a thing with your, there's a thing with your body that when things don't go right, 
you often find yourself feeling sick afterward. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's without pregnancy, right? Yeah. So I'll make that clear. And so some of this, see, there's nothing about pregnancy. There's very little about pregnancy that feels good. <laughs> yes. It, it might feel good to say, okay, we're going to have another child, but there's nothing in your body that feels good. Because everything in your body wants to complain. Oh, True? Yes. And so, so you started having headaches since you got pregnant? No, just a couple of weeks ago. Just About a couple of weeks ago. So, so how far ago. along are you? Uh, three months. Three months, all right. So a couple of weeks ago you started with the headaches, right? But you kind of familiar with headaches anyway, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Listen. Obviously, you know, as, as pregnancy goes along, it gets to be more uncomfortable and things like that, right? Uh, smile, you're pregnant. Um, I just remember that um, around the time I started getting headaches, we started expecting a response from the lawyers concerning the house. That is already taken care of. Yeah. Quit stressing over that, yeah. right? Quit stressing over that. So that... So, as I said, when things happen, your body responds out of it, right? If you like, you could talk to me about this later. I don't want to talk about this now, right? All right? Uh, listen, God is in control of all things, right? So, you realize the headache started about that time. See, you're starting to discern. All right, so if the headache started about that time, then there must have been something about that yeah. that still bothered me. Don't let this be a headache. Smile, you're pregnant. Yes. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Is your husband smiling? Oh, yeah. Didn't I see him sitting here this morning? Yeah, he went outside with the... Oh, uh-huh. okay. So he's smiling too? All right. Yeah. I like that. Oh, we smile. Prophet, we got prayer about uh, getting pregnant. And right away, as soon as we said yes, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Amen. As soon as what would you say? Uh, so you prophesied some stuff a while ago, and then uh-huh. I did a prayer call. So it's my stuff. fault. And I did a prayer call for something different, and uh-huh. it brought up uh, that you were seeing some things, and we were done some things, dealt with some stuff, and immediately after that was it. Uh-huh. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. That's nice. Yes, I don't pay child support. <laughs> What are you laughing about? (laughs) All right. Headache's going to disappear. And I want this thing with this house finished. Right? You have a right for your protest. I want it finished. God is going to work on your behalf. Right? Quit allowing things to affect your body. And all that hurts you feeling inside. Yes, all that stuff's coming out. I think there's a bunch of stuff in there, but y'all buy your first house and then you realize everything wasn't quite right. Well, listen, it's going to be right and it's going to be made right. You have faith. Yes? Yes. Right? So we take all that out. And, and I think that's put some stress on, the relation, on your marriage too, right? No, no stress. Not really. Not really. 
I got a knot really, no, no stress. Um, I just, I see, I see several things down in there, but you felt it come out, right? Yeah. You feel better? Yeah. Stomach feel better? Yeah. Inside feel better? Yes. Fear is gone. Man. Headaches never coming back. Man. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything's going to work out. You're going to get some good news this week. You believe that? Amen, yeah. Amen? Amen. Mm. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Let me emphasize that point just a little bit more. Some of us, we're not happy because we don't know how to deal with the little thorns. Don't let thorns make your life miserable. Huh? You're holding a beautiful thorn in it and the, th the beautiful rose and the thorn sticks you and you turn into a monster. As if though you're bit by a vampire. Mm? Don't let that, don't, don't do that to yourself. Say, my God is greater than that. My God is greater than that. Don't let these little hiccups in life. Yes? Don't let these little things in life. Hmm? Let's see, when did, when did we go? We went Friday across the road, right, to get driver's license, right? So, I'm going across the road to get my driver's license. I've had one since 2000, 2002 or something. I go over there and I'm thinking, now this year, this year, I'm going to get the 10 years. I'm going to, I think it's $100 a year. I'm going to get the 10 years, right? Because when I was in Florida, I got my Tennessee license changed to Florida because I'm in Florida most of the time. They never gave me an old man check or nothing, right? They give me 10 years, so I'm good to drive to I'm 74, right? So I come over here and I say, oh, I'm gonna get me a 10-year license. They give me one year. <laughs> I never felt so old and outdated. <laughs> it didn't cost me nothing, you know? It didn't cost me nothing, but Apparently in Trinidad, you know, because I don't know, you have to be a better driver in Trinidad than Florida. In Florida, they give me a license 10 years, you know, it's just boom. But here, no, when you're 65, after, every two years, from what I understand, every two years now, you've got to go in and show them a medical. You know, and all these things. So I, I was shooting for my 10 years, I got one year. And I waited almost long enough for that year to be expired. <laughs> now, I'm a servant of God. I'm a man of God. You're going to give me one year? I've been driving since 2000 or 2002. I ain't never had no speeding ticket. I ain't never been pulled over by the police. I ain't got no... You give me one year? <laughs> I felt old and outdated. Nah, devil, you're a liar. <laughs> so I take my one year and I walk myself all the way back over here. I didn't have to lean on Yolanda or nothing. I walked over here by myself. 
this. And, you know, sometimes you go, you're expecting something, and it just don't work out. Now, I like Florida, you know, they just give me 10 years. But I understand Trinidad, too. They want to make sure that you're still okay. But what, what they need to know over there is that craziness don't start at 65, you know. There's some of them 30 that's crazy. They, they, they need a medical, you know. Maybe even a psychological, but that's beside the point. So sometimes you, you see things like that and things don't, don't, they disappoint you. But if you don't let them disappoint you, they can't disappoint you. If you, if you say, Lord, I trust you. And, and many times you can understand why rules are the way they are. You may not like them, but you understand them. Huh? Listen, whatever, whatever is putting coal in your Christmas stockings, you know, whatever is, is, is making you frown and, and just discredit all of life, let it go now. Uh, listen, God is great. God's not going to let you down. God's not going to let you down. Huh? See, I could fuss about a one-year driver's license. I may not live but nine months. Well, one year is long enough. <laughs> Uh, I probably would have lived three more months if I hadn't quarreled so much about the one year, you know. <laughs> now, sometimes you just, sometimes just got to... And that doesn't mean God don't love you. It means God is doing something. Always see the beauty in the thorns in your life. And see what God wants to do in that. Yes, if you've got a bad relationship cry out to God. Yes, cry out to God. Nobody else can't cry for you. You cry out to God. And I assure you, God will fix the relationship or replace it. He will do something to make that better. Amen. Yes, do you believe that? Yes. God is good. He's here to help you. Amen. Amen. Yes, Nicole. I want to encourage you this week if you want to have a good week you can have one if you don't want to don't let me don't don't let me anti-scrooge you yes but I, I want to challenge you this week not to let the thorns trouble you yes and if it's anybody else that your, your body kind of re reacts to things right now Right now, I want you to receive. Just put your hand wherever it might react. Say, body, you're not going to react no more because God is good. Uh, God is good. Those imperfections will just give you gas and drive you crazy. Yes? Won't give you a car, but it'll give you gas. And, uh, so don't make the thorns a problem this week. Enjoy life. Enjoy the beauty that what God is doing in your life. And it's always going to get better and better and better. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.